All right, November 24, 2023, Thanksgiving. We are fresh off Thanksgiving, rather, uh, here at Common Sense Ohio. And, you know, while you folks are all enjoying the warmth of your fireplaces home, uh, thinking about leftovers today and whatever football games or holiday movies might be on TV, or if you're crazy enough to go out Black Friday shopping, we are here bringing you Common Sense, your weekly dose, as always, here at uh, Channel 511, Common Sense Ohio, brought to you by Harper Plus Accounting. Uh, where you can have all your accounting and tax planning needs met. I do. Brett does. Norm's the black sheep, but soon, maybe. He's, he's getting jealous. He's getting jealous. <laughs> he is. He's getting jealous. Um, I, uh, I did my year-end tax planning uh, earlier this week to figure out how much I had to pay to the IRS. And uh, while I didn't like the result of that meeting, I was rest assuredly prepared because I had had a prior quarter tax meeting and one before that and one before that. So I had money saved and I am now more than capable of making my tax or meeting my tax obligations. You should too, if you're on a small business or if you just need your transactional stuff done, Harper plus accounting can help. Uh, if, if you're in Ohio, uh, you know what this week really is. It's the game that is Ohio state and Michigan are clashing on the gridiron tomorrow. Uh, in what amounts to be the game of the year, really, for purposes of if you follow the college football playoff scheme. I don't know. I, I won't go into commentary about the expansion of the Big Ten. I find that to be uh, uh, sort of absurd. But anyway, that uh, the big game is tomorrow. And it's not, you know, some games are because like the Paul Bunyan trophy, I think, up in Minnesota and Wisconsin uh, and some other rivalries around uh, that just have a little bit of history or maybe uh, who knows what. But the Ohio-Michigan rivalry is much deeper than that, Norm. It is a um, – we almost went to war with Michigan, I think, back in 1835 over the boundary of the state of Ohio and Michigan, or the states of Ohio and Michigan. Um, and, of course, it all stemmed back to bad cartography by the government. It, <laughs> consistent with my theme, the government sucks <laughs> at everything it does. And uh, True. And uh, I think the, the Northwest Ordinance – uh, established a boundary, and the boundary is in the wrong place. We had a Toledo on our map. Michigan had Toledo on their map, and uh, we were off to the races. There was actually somebody injured in the war. Nobody killed. Uh, shots were fired. There were surveyors kidnapped. Um, I mean, th- there's a fascinating history. Andrew Jackson, I think, was president, sent uh, some folks to try to resolve it. But we almost went to war with Michigan, and it was a real thing. I mean, it was like a civil war was about to happen. We are continuing continuing to fight that war on the battlefield of the Ohio State, uh, the Ohio Stadium and the Big House up in Michigan, mm-hmm. and that's where the game is tomorrow. So tune in. It has uh, a longer, it has a direct impact on what the playoff schedule, what, what you're going to do on New Year's Day, uh, it, it will directly impact. So with that, we can get to the normal common sense. I suppose with that history lesson, uh, we can also talk about this day in World War II before I turn it over to Norm and his... Uh, and uh, his preparedness. So, in uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot going on in the world that has to do with uh, Israel and the Jews and uh, uh, what's going on over at the Gaza Strip. But it's not just uh, that. So today in World War II, um, in 1940, the Nazis closed off Jewish ghetto in Warsaw, Poland. And this is a fascinating statistic. Um, over the next three years, so in 1940, uh, there were seven or 350,000 Jews in the ghetto of Warsaw, Poland. Over the next three years, that number dwindled down to 70,000. Um, and you can imagine why. That was due to disease, starvation, and uh, the general deportations to concentration camps. So 
uh, it's probably a good time to, to give that a little bit of a hat tip and some reflective thought. Uh, so this day in World War II in 1940, uh, they closed off the ghetto. The thing I cannot get over, <laughs> I'm, you know, and I'm not a bit Polish at all uh, by ethnicity, but the thing that I cannot grapple with is that the Allies entered World War II in earnest, you know, with arms, with men, materiel. Um, there was a little bit of a phony war there for the first six months or so where England and France really didn't have their act together, so they didn't uh, aggress uh, against Hitler's forces. But it, that period of time allowed Hitler to, to, to prepare for his invasion of France and Belgium. But be that as it may, the thing I can't get over about World War II is that the pretext for the Allies, the U.S. later came in, of course, after Pearl Harbor, but the pretext for, for entering World War II to begin with was to free Poland. Mm. And at the end of World War II, Poland was not freed. No. Mm. I mean, it's, I mean, isn't that mind blowing? To, to, I mean, so England and France decide to commit their young men to fighting Hitler in order to free Poland. They win the war ostensibly, right? And yeah. at the end of the war, the Polish pilots who flew in the Battle of Britain and all the Pol- the Polish government in exile, they kick all the Poles out of England and basically flip them the bird and say, "Yeah, we're going to let Stalin administrate your yeah. your country." Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, are the 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 politics there and how all that happened, it's really fascinating history. And one, it's it's a far deeper story than we can go into here, but it's yeah. wor- it's worth an exploration, particularly in today's day and age. So those who think that the Look, the, the fascists were far left. The communists were further uh, sort of a kissing sister on the left. And we basically ceded the field to the communists, to Stalin. And, um, you know, what happened for the next 50 years or and, so. And to rub the salt in the Polish wounds even deeper, Stalin invaded Poland. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he was, if if you don't want to call it an ally, of Nazi Germany at the time, they at least had this non-aggression pact yeah. and they sat down and carved up Poland in, in two pieces, one for Schickel Gruber and his Nazis, Hitler and his Nazis, and the other half for Stalin and, yeah. and, uh, the Soviet union. And yet he gets rewarded at the end of the war. Yeah. And there is a territory uh, he invaded. And, and look, it, I don't, I don't know when we knew about this, but I suspect it was earlier than we were letting on, but there is a massacre in Poland called the Katyn Forest Massacre, mm. where Stalin basically goes in and kills everybody um, above a certain rank, of a certain age in Poland. I mean, just it was a slaughter, yeah. absolute slaughter. Right. Um, and we still see the field to right. Stalin. You know, it's just mm. utter insanity. So go read that history. It's fascinating. Well, and, and your Warsaw Ghetto story that you started out with here. Yeah. So when the, when the Soviet Union, you know, Hitler pushed the Soviet Union way back, you know, they were with, they were on the doorsteps of Moscow and Stalingrad and all that. So, you know, they got halfway across, across Russia before Stalin and his forces, um, along with American and British Lend-Lease help, you know, pushed pushed uh, Hitler back. So when they got back to Warsaw, to your ghetto, the people in the Warsaw ghetto, uh, both Jewish and non-Jewish, they're waiting to be delivered, right? By mm-hmm. the by the saviors. The saviors. Uh, right. Here, oh God, here comes the Russian army. They're going to liberate 
Warsaw. So what what he had Zukov, the general, do? It, it, he he told them. Stalin told the, the Russian uh, commanders, "Don't liberate Warsaw, because the Germans were in the process of destroying the, the Warsaw. They they were blowing up buildings. They were killing the last Jews that they could find." And he's just like, you know, let, let, let him have let, let him eviscerate the cream de la cream of Polish society and kill them all off. And then he took his prisoners, like you just said, the Polish officers, and, you know, uh, it, 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 it just slaughtered them. And slaughtered them. Yeah. 20,000, I think it was. I, I can't remember it's the enormous number. enormous number. It, it's like uh, people talk about Malmody, the massacre at Malmody and some other, but this this blows it all away. Oh, yeah. It was like, blows it all away. It was like 20,000 officers. And, and they were... They were the intelligentsia, etc. Mm-hmm. They were of, the they were all the intellectuals of Poland, uh, and basically killed their culture. Yes. that was the goal. Right. Now, ironically, ironically, as fast forward to the eighties, with uh, when Reagan was taken on the finally taking on and, and seeking legitimately to defeat the Soviet Empire, uh, a lot of the resistance to the Soviet happened in Poland, right? So the Solidarity sure, yeah. Movement, Lech Walesa, Lech, Lech Walesa, mm-hmm. and the Solidarity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, movement. You, I can still a, see a, the, a union electrician. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what he, right. that's what he was. Which is ironic because that's sort of like the the goal of the of the if you go back to some of the Marxist history, the goal is to get the unions and get the get the uh, right. the labor movement to support the communist movement, and it was quite the opposite. There, it's so. quite the opposite. Anyway, yeah. that's uh, we we brought it back full circle. Now we should probably get to some. I, I mean, look, we we are deep in the weeds of. Uh, of a little bit of a, uh, an aside, but let's sure, get, let's sure get... affects the, the way things are right now. It be- does, yeah, because you yeah. know uh, Poland is kind of like the vanguard now for NATO, uh, as Putin wants to re-erect, you know, the old Soviet empire. So uh, you know, here we go again. Here we go again. And you know, you look at it. You look at this. It's like the history has this tendency to. Well, maybe I'll say it this way: We've never really resolved World War One. We we didn't resolve it. And that led to World War II. We didn't yeah. really resolve World War II until Not maybe really. the 80s. Yeah. And then we didn't really resolve that. Now we're coming all full circle back around. So it's, it is, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's... Those, uh, those ethnic hatreds in Europe, I mean, they... I mean, I, I know America has all all, all its, uh, you know, uh, mixing bowl problems with race, but... Yeah, because they all flee the nonsense that's going on over in yeah, Europe. Yeah. They all come here where it's yeah. safe. Yeah. yeah. Of but course, that, now they're trying to ruin that. But, but that, I mean, the war, be, you know, in Serbia, you know, the former Yugoslavia, I mean, you know, that, that illustrated for us in, in modern times, you know, how those ethnic hatreds, I mean, they're still there. Yeah. And now Yugoslavia is, what, is it three countries now? And, I think it's three different countries. And they now. have, like, as a, as, a, as a bigger picture matter, the, the Europeans have such a different perspective on the role of government, on the role of, uh, of, of what's normal in a society. Like yes. they're, they're used to, in a lot of ways, having a jackboot on them. You know, oh, yeah. It's like they, they're used oh, yeah. to like a big corrupt government doing Absolutely. things. Yeah. And, and they, they just sort of accept it as what happens. So and when you start talking about fascism versus communism, like their viewpoints on it are completely skewed, a oh. lot of them anyway. Right. And, and they see things differently than we do. Like we, when, so when everybody says, well, we want to be like Europe, when, when we talk about that here, oh, it's like, God. no, you don't. No, you don't. It's like mm-hmm. we, we, it's like we are fish and we don't even know we're swimming in the water of right. freedom here, a lot, a lot of our yeah. society. Like uh, we don't get it. And ask immigrants mm-hmm. that come in, right. like what we have here, and they're like, I can't believe you guys are going to screw it up. Like during the riots. Out, oh yeah! Uh, during uh, yeah. back a couple summers ago, uh, I was talking to one of the neighboring business owners, and he was a—I can't remember how old he was—but he had he had lived in 
uh, maybe East Germany. He had lived somewhere under the boot. Yeah. And uh, he was talking to me about this. He goes, I cannot believe you guys are going through this. We went through this yeah. 50 years ago. I cannot believe you're doing it here in the United States. This right. is not why this is. Like, I came here to escape that. Right. I came right. here to escape this. And, I'm and now you're doing it. All the same nonsense. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, the terminology, the postmodernist blurring of definitions right. and right. class struggle and all this crap. He goes, you're doing it here. This is this is going in the same direction. We've we've lived out this play before, right. and it resulted in like you know a hundred million deaths. Well, you're you're so on target with that. Uh, another quick example. This is fascinating to me. So okay, maybe we're drawing this out. But um, if you talk to a modern German or Brit or a Frenchman, um, a lot of times you'll hear things, and and of course we can all do that now because there's social media. You could talk to people around the world, and, and pe- people talk politics. And what's really amazing is when America, you know, tries to draw a bright line, uh, like say with Iran, and say no, you can't have nuclear weapons. You'll you'll get this blowback from Europeans, this moral relativism that yeah. they have, and they'll say, "Well, you have nuclear weapons, so why can't every other country?" And you're just like, "Oh my God!" Because we're not going to use it aggressively. Yeah. Maybe that's a reason. But mm-hmm. then they they have to they have to morph. They have to morph that though, and and redefine aggressive, and they they go back to what like American colonialism or like Western colonialism, yeah, sixteen nineteen or something. Right, it's crazy, so stupid. Yeah, right? it's so stupid. Yeah. Like we don't start wars. No, right, and no. and even when we get involved in wars and finish them, then we get the hell out. Yeah, you know, just read the history. Unless right. they ask us to stay, like Japan and like Germany. Japan and Germany, right? right. Yeah, you know, we haven't done anything around. like that for four hundred years. Right. Four hundred yeah. years. Right, right. We've been, never. <laughs> no, never started a war in Europe. We don't have a first. No. Right. We don't have a first strike plan at the Pentagon to use nuclear weapons. It doesn't right. exist. We have a right. response plan. Mm-hmm. Right? Does anybody think that Hamas would hesitate for a second to launch a nuclear device at the West <laughs> if they could? I mean, come oh, no. on. You know, it's like would they hesitate for a second? Right. No. Right. Of course not. And you have these discussions, as you say, because these folks, you know, have had that boot on their neck. And they, and, and they and they look at they look at government, you know, in this kind of, uh, you know, paternalistic way. Like, well, you know, it's 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 a game of student council government at the U.N. And, you know, we'll just move these pieces around the the board. But like it's inconceivable to them that we can have things because of moral superiority, which we have over Iran. Yes, and I, I don't mean the people of Iran. No, the I mean philosophy, the, the, the governmental go, philosophy, the governing philosophy right. of Iran. We have freedom. Is poisonous, right? We have mm-hmm. freedom. They can come here and spout all the nonsense they want, and right. they're not going to go to jail. If we went there and spouted all the, all of, we'd our be hanging from prison, bil- uh, we cranes, would, like not only prison, but hanging from cranes, hanging, hanging mm-hmm. from cranes with signs on our bodies, <laughs> right. right? You know, and that's yeah. that's what they do. And that's it's what um, they do. right. Anybody who thinks that that is morally equivalent is. Full, I mean, absolutely living in la-la land. Exactly Just right. living in never-never land. And this is common sense Ohio. And this, this is, is common sense Ohio. This now, is, it's interesting because Marx said in a different context, the capitalistic society contains the seeds of its own destruction. And he was saying that, you know, eventually the lower classes would revolt and overthrow and yeah. this utopian nonsense would take over, yeah. which, of course, it didn't happen. It didn't happen in Italy. It didn't happen in Germany. It, 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 they had to force it. Um, but in some respects, he is right. And I'm... I, I have to think this through some more, but he's right not for the reasons he said he was right. He's right because we're free, and we're free to let in this this sort of um, 
dangerous ideology into our country, into our schools, yeah. into our uh, society. What's Musk called? Uh, mind virus. Mind virus, yeah. 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 So, like, the, look, the Marxist doctrine when you're a kid sounds awesome, right? We can all just oh. live in this happy utopian right. world. Sure. You know, everybody will have everything. Walden's Pond. Walden's Let's Pond. Let's all smoke a doobie and just chill. And just hang out. And, of course... <laughs> It's not what he did. His mom was bringing him donuts and cookies in the weekends. But anyway, it was like uh, like he he was getting like uh, care packages. Uh, We're talking about throw. Anyway, it it, uh, breed that too. It's like it's all been completely whitewashed. But, uh, you know, we have a system that permits speech, political speech, contrary to our ideology. And because of that, we haven't stopped the idealism or the uh, the ideology of the Marxist agenda to infiltrate our schools and everything else, and our kids think it's okay. They think like socialism is great, and they think that capitalism is evil, and they think yeah. all these things, and they've been taught this, yeah. and we have permitted that. Um, we being the United States with our freedom to of expression, we, we don't counter it with counter programming. No. It's, it, you know, the schools have just given up on teaching real American They've been, American they've been taken over. It's they've not, been not taken given up. up. I mean, yeah. it's been completely hijacked. Yeah. That's right. But uh, oh, so, we're, we're the embodiment of free will. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, right. We have created a system based on a Western system. That's an excellent point. Like, we, we yeah. are founded on the notion of free will, which is a very Judeo-Christian right. uh, value structure. Right. And it, it just is. We, you, know, you choose right. what you want to do, but there are repercussions. If yes. you choose the wrong way, but and, you're allowed to. And now we've been now these kids have been taught <clears throat> that bad choices are not their fault, and their consequence, yeah. like they the consequences that result from bad choices. Well, their fault's not the right word. You make a bad choice because we all do, right? We're imperfect. Yeah. But that's how you learn incrementally throughout the throughout yeah. your life, throughout right. generations. So they don't create their own safety net. They they expect one. Yes. From the government. To, to protect them from every adverse calamity that even are self-imposed ones. Right. Like, I picked the wrong major in college. Now I own $200,000 that I have to repay right. on basket weaving. And you I know. can't, my income won't support it, so yeah. that's not fair. The government that's should fix fair. that. That's the government should It's a very it. European thought. Right. Um, and the Why other, isn't there a basket weaving job waiting for me? Right. I, it's right. like, duh. D- do a little research. Why does, and this, this is sort of the... The, this is this is one of the I think the 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 catalysts of Marx how Marxism took hold because those people get their degrees in whatever nonsense there is yeah um, they stay in the university level and they teach the nonsense to the next generation and they, that that continues and there's no jobs and for then that. you've got like the plumber or the electrician right. or the concrete guy right. or the guy who had an enterprising idea to build tables to put in Starbucks or whatever it would be right. you know who has become a millionaire right and these people the the universityites and that we're going back to Italy and if you re, there's some history here on marxism that's interesting i'm not going to go into the depths of it but you know th- there's a there's a theory that those people sort of look upon uh, the working class folks who not only re, did not revolt but actually ended up making like a lot of those guys became millionaires like self-made yeah the intellectuals in the universities didn't like that because they feel like they're smarter. They should be the ones with the money. They, this isn't fair right. because you know it's it's it goes back, I guess, Brett, to what you're talking about. Some of this Judeo-Christian uh, value system of envy, right? And, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. Yeah. it's like oh, yeah. we 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 are imperfect, and envy is one of those things we try to avoid, and yeah. we don't want to compare. You know, we all have our own free will to do what we want. Yeah, Milton's rings of hell. Yeah, you know, you you, you can be virtuous. 
right? Yeah. Or, or you can sin, and here's the consequences. Here's the consequences, right? You know? It's a very, very fascinating philosophical discussion that we should probably abandon for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we were talking a little bit about football, and I have to say, other than I know that they're ranked in the top three, Michigan and Ohio State, uh, I don't know much about – I mean, I just know they're both really good football teams, and the Michigan coach is not allowed to be on the field because – he did something way worse than whatever Tressel did, but somehow Michigan doesn't get punished at the same degree that. Well, not yet. You know. Hold on though. So, but uh, so. Oh, there's more to come. Ohio State didn't get punished in real time. That was those were a lot of that was uh, after the fact. Yeah, they took fact, away their yeah, championship. They, they took away because I went down to the Sugar Bowl that year. Was the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans? I think it was. I went down to the Sugar Bowl and watched uh, Ohio State defeat Arkansas, and that was later stripped of them. Yeah. Um, like so, it didn't happen. Like it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a big asterisk that whole season. They, you yeah. know, like the, the you, jury, you shall strike what was just said. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> right. Because you didn't win. The, there was no Big Ten victor that year. I guess yeah, officially. Right. I mean, it's right. right. Went to whoever was next in line. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's true. But you know, it's like. Uh, <laughs> it, but Ohio State was not doing anything. I don't believe that would have impacted directly their performance on the field. Yes. Right. We weren't right. cheating another team. Right, it, for example, correct. and I am flabbergasted by this sign stealing thing. And and you know what's even better? I, we haven't talked about this on the show. It's what's great when I saw it on Facebook. I actually texted a buddy of mine in Michigan, and I was like, "Did this really happen?" And there's this coach like wearing sunglasses and the other team's hat and and sweatshirt, yeah. and he's on the sidelines. I think of Central Florida. I can't remember what the uh, team was, yeah. but he's on the sidelines like in disguise on another on uh, uh, like blending in with the other team. And I'm like, "This is awesome. He should not be punished for that." He should be rewarded for <laughs> right, that. right. I mean, that's like a that's like a military mission. <laughs> like in World War II, he'd be it's like it's a life risking mission to go steal steal information well, from the other side. And I guess to say Harbaugh had uh, no inkling of this bullshit. I can't. So oh, come absurd. on, because like, they know. there were thirteen as as I understand it, there was a posse of thirteen of these people doing the sign, you know, uh, detection or or whatever they were transcribing the right. signs. So there's 13 people, uh, some of at least one of which was an assistant coach, and all of the plane tickets and all of the costs for this were charged to the football program's credit card. Right. So it's and like, then, well, then, wait a minute, this was official then. Right. Yeah. If if Harbaugh right. didn't know, it's because he didn't want to know, and if he didn't want to know, that means he knew. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 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 Very exactly. Good. Exactly right. right. Not knowing is knowing. Right. Yes. That's right. And you're the guy in charge. So look, that's right. I mean. Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden your defense can stop all the offensive plays. And I, I don't know the Rams. I don't know yeah. how, how successful the program, the sign stealing philosophy right. was and how much it contributed directly to their wins. But uh, it yeah, just, they, they, they well, claim like, okay, if you could decipher what, what the next play is, there isn't enough. There aren't enough seconds to transmit that to the team on the field. Well, whatever. Yeah. Then why do you do it? Well, and, exactly. And, and why do you I, want to know it? And I went through it with my in my mind, thinking it's like I, I'd hate to be those players. You, coach, you don't have enough confidence in us to play the game Straight that you've up. got to cheat right. for us. Right. Yeah. That's I, that's. It's humiliating. Think about it. It's I, humiliating for those players. I agree. And I will say this: I played offensive line in high school and college, and everybody always says, like, about, especially about the last two years of the Michigan High State Michigan game, where Ohio mm-hmm. State's sort of been dominated at the line of scrimmage, and people are saying their line sucks. These guys are no good. You know, they just got manhandled on the line. And I, my response, I didn't know anything about sign stealing at the time. My response is always this. There is a coaching problem for Ohio State because 
these athletes on the Ohio State offensive line are not that bad, right? In fact, they're top tier. A lot of them went off to the NFL to play. So you have to wonder. And and when I played offensive line, you don't have you have a lot of disadvantages. You're not allowed to grab onto the jerseys like the defense is. You're not allowed to. uh, Yeah, it's a uh, very difficult. It's 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 a different set of rules. And the one advantage you do have is you know the play and you know the snap. Yeah. So you know the snap count. You know the play. Now here's the problem. If the defense knows the plays or has a good idea of where it's going based on scouting, based on um, coaching, based on whatever, yeah. it is impossible at that level, I would surmise, to block somebody and keep them away. I mean, because it's just, it's impossible. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like head to head, the defense has an advantage, all things being equal. Yeah. But if the offense knows the play um, and knows the snap count, well, then they get a slight, it sort of evens the playing field. That's right. But head to head, it's favored defense because the defense can, they don't have the same rules about uh, how they play. Right. They're allowed to hold. They're allowed right. to throw you down. They're allowed to, they can, they can veer in a direction that the play is. Right. And the offense is a step behind and can't get there ever. You're well, never going to make that. That's block. why in a practice drill, if it's one offensive lineman against one defensive lineman, you know, and they have somebody in the backfield holding the ball. The defense, you know, all, all defense of the should th- always win that. Should always win that. All yeah. things being equal, yes. because you could just grab the guy's jersey, throw him to the ground, sidestep him, swim through. You him. Don't have to read anything. No. Yeah. You sh- you should get to the guy with a ball. Yeah. Now, I mean, that that doesn't always happen, but you, you get you're you're right. Generally speaking, is the the defensive lineman has the advantage. Oh yeah. Well, staying with a the football theme, have you guys heard about this uh, Dave Portnoy guy? Bet uh, $120,000 on the Bengals last weekend, or excuse me, it would have been Thursday night mm-hmm. football. And uh, he's saying the Bengals lied, and I don't think that has been yet decided by the NFL. They're investigating. But he is saying the Bengals lied. They knew Joe Burrow had a wrist injury prior to the game, and there was some kind of video showing him wearing a brace before the game getting off a plane or out of the hotel or something. And, of course, famously, he was tackled, got up, couldn't throw the football anymore before halftime. Mm-hmm. So the Bengals lost a game. This Dave Portnoy, who owns a bar stool or something like that, yeah. some some betting, some betting forum or, yeah, okay. or On, it's the online, chat room yeah. thing, something. He, yeah, uh, it's not, you're right. It's bar stool is like it started as like a like – a, podcast or something yeah it's a media media. yeah Yeah. so he he owns that he's some kind of big commentator Mm -hmm. on sports and he is he's saying he said on twitter that he's suing the bengals over this that they knew you know and that therefore people wagering on the outcome of the game were denied this information that otherwise is required somehow the nfl Hmm. has an injury report that the teams must uh, honor before each game, who's injured? Are they going to play? Are they not going to play? Blah blah blah. What kind of injury? I'd like to read that rule. If, well, so f- first of all, that's that's a, that's a, this is an interesting legal discussion because yeah, right. say the NFL has a rule that says there has to be a disclosure of injuries by X minutes before the game. Yeah, all right. I, I'll take that as true. I don't yeah. know that to be true. Me but let's neither. just say that's true. That's his. Yeah. That's his assertion. Okay. Now the question is, say Brett making bets. Is denied that information because the Bengals uh, broke the rule. Yeah, so Brett's a third party. He's a third party. What is their third party duty? Does he a, is he a third party beneficiary such that he has a cause of action in breach of contract or against the Bengals? And I think no. Um, yeah, there, there's 
there, there's a lot. I don't think he has standing to to challenge that. But I wonder what the relationship is between these betting companies and the NFL because you're seeing uh, the online betting. Yeah. It's now rampant. Well, and they you're have seeing a, logos right next to oh, each other. So they have official there's, a par- mari- there's a marriage somewhere official there. Official partnerships. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so there might be another contract in there somewhere yeah. that, that would give you betting. Or Sorry. I keep, no, no, you're fine. There, there might be a contract somewhere where it it, uh, it gives people some standing to sue. But I, you know, I know. as, yeah, as a right. practical matter, it's like, right. look. Welcome to the world of betting. Right. Yeah. Now, what I'm more concerned about is the action on the line. You know, it's like, then what happened? Like, did they not do it for reasons aside from not just wanting to win the game? Who else is benefiting from or that was lack there, of knowledge? Was I mean, there a yeah. big line in Vegas or something? Or was, the, mm-hmm. was there a lot of action on the game yeah. such that they wanted to change the outcome of the game? I, and, and what would be the reason for playing an injured player <clears throat> if they knew he was injured, go in? And he injures himself even more. That's kind of a stupid move. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, don't I mean, get me going on yeah. Bengals management. Yeah. I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on. I think Al Michaels said, if you wow. watch that game to the bitter end, and it, it, it ended rather, you know, it, it got better as the game went on, mm-hmm. but um, even without Burrow in it. But the um, Al Michaels said that the Bengals had played on prime time, meaning Monday night football, or the featured Sunday game nationally, or Thursday night, or whatever it is, Tuesday night, out of out of these Halo games that are showcased by the NFL for national broadcast, out of 25 times in franchise history, the Bengals have lost 24. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just unbelievable. Like, so why are they on TV? This is what, the, what or I, at least a spotlight game. If I were right. in Monday Night Football and they said, "Hey, let's do the Bengals," ah, but the Browns, Norm, the Browns are, are right. even even plagued by these injuries are are uh, hanging in there. This yeah, season. they are yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, they have that yeah. incredible defensive players' names stripping a gear, but I yeah. Yeah, the Browns are really, really. Uh, All right, so we've managed now. to kill like a half an hour without talking about anything. <laughs> well, I don't know about <laughs> that. Okay, wow. so I'll talk. I'll talk. I'll talk about something that uh, seems a little bizarre, but it kind of feeds into how federal regulation works. So you guys may have re- remembered that the uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, uh, you know. It, Division, I guess, I guess are part of Treasury, or they were, and now they're part of the Justice Department, whatever. The ATF promulgated under Biden uh, this rule against what they call short-barreled rifles, right? Now, you can go buy, essentially, a legal sawed-off shotgun. It's called the Judge. It's a 410-gauge uh, pistol shotgun, yeah. perfectly yeah. legal, don't need any kind of special permit. It's not Class Three. Blah blah, and and it ain't sixteen inches long. No, it looks like a giant uh, forty-four mag revolver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can buy. So that. it's a revolver that's that holds four ten shells. Yeah, but if you're Randy Weaver and take a full-length shotgun, a four ten, let's just say for each same same caliber, let's let's argue mm-hmm. just for sake of discussion, and you get out your hacksaw, right, and you turn it into effectively that gun, then it's a class three weapon, and like you go to federal prison. So anyway, the judge, uh, well, not not a judge, a federal judge has thrown that rule out because it is so confusing. Apparently, there are all of these factors that consider whether or not a, a pistol with a a brace for people that are handicapped or people who just need like it. An arm brace. An mm-hmm. arm brace, right? There, it was called a, a .922 rule, 
And there were all these factors about whether a brace could be attached to that pistol and what kind of design of brace and all this stuff. And you're like, your regular hobbyist firearms owner could not figure this out. It it was an absurd, the reasons for why you could do it legal and which ones were not legal made no sense to anybody. The firearms regulatory scheme is nothing short of absurd. It's absurd. I have I have defended a number of these cases, and this is it is like you said, Norm. It's a great jumping off point to talk about the administrative state and and what's what's evolved as a result of it. So the ATF promulgates rules, and rules aren't statutes. So the difference would be this: a statute is Congress going in, debating on the floor, um, or the General Assembly locally here in Ohio, debating on the floor what a law should be. So you would, most people think that's the thing. I'm just a bill, and I'm sitting here on Capitol. That's what yeah, you would think it would be. Right. But it's not. Um, no, a, it's regula- not. a regulation is somebody writing a rule. Right. And it's not voted on. Uh, it's just a promulgation of a rule, and they sit under the executive branch. So they would some sit, bureaucrat, some bureaucrat sitting at the discretion of Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whoever happens to be president at the time is writing rules. And, you know, in Ohio, that would have been the director of health during COVID times. It was Amy, um, or what was the, yeah, the, um, the nut. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she was way of, in overhead way and, in, yeah. and they were just, she was just, but it wasn't really she writing the rules, but she was responding. But so they're just writing rules and these rules are, you can imagine how they become politicized. So if, if you don't have to vote on it, you don't need a majority, you can just promulgate rules. Yeah. And not only that, there's something called tech branch of the ATF and tech branch gets to go decide what the hell the rules mean. Um, it's unbelievable. And they go through these administrative things. And, and and what's even worse is you can be prosecuted for crimes for violating the rules. Right. And this is where it gets really confusing. Because like you said, if you go try to read the rules on what you're allowed to do, say, gunsmithing, yeah, it's not exactly obvious. You no, know? not at all. And, and maintaining an FFL, while it's not that difficult, it's not rocket science, it is, um, it is procedurally a pain in the ass. And everything booked in, everything booked out. You got to keep all these numbers. You can go out, and a lot of it's done online now. Yeah. But when, when you know, a lot of guys who would say, I'm going to go start a gun store and we're going to also do gunsmithing, it's like you have to keep up on that crap. And if you don't, it's a crime. Yeah. So what they're doing here is they're, they're sort of bending the rules in real time and interpreting the rules in real time and then using them to uh, push an agenda. And both sides yeah. do this, right? This is like, you can just imagine if you if you don't have to answer to the general general assembly, this is why I hate the administrative state of government because yeah. it becomes this giant gray area of uh, governmental political power. And, yeah. Up until hmm. this rule, what, you know, which has now been uh, set aside by federal court. And of course they're appealing it, uh, Biden mm-hmm. and the ATF. But up until this rule came out, you would go to a gun store or go online or, or go to a show, and there would be hundreds and hundreds of these braces that you could click on to the back of a yeah. rifle or or a, a pistol, right, to steady yourself. And, and they were under the auspices of really the, you know, people – People with uh, physical disabilities, mm-hmm. you know, like how? Sure, and of course, how humans, are they supposed to use a firearm without a brace? This this is the problem when the I just this is this is the problem when people try to legislate or promulgate rules with the eye towards their utopian existence. Right. They forget about the one thing, Brett, that you brought up: human nature. Right, mm-hmm. human nature. We are imperfect. Like, so, so do you know? You know what you were supposed to do, and this is human nature. So, when this rule passed, and this is like two years ago, 
what you were supposed to do. So, so you bought it legally, right? When Trump or, or Obama were presidents, right? right. You, you could buy it when Obama was a president. You buy one of these braces, you know, advances or your favorite store, you know, and, and you buy this brace. What the ATF said you had to do was three things, one of three things. You had to either destroy it, throw it away, or you had to take it to the ATF or your local police department and basically surrender it. Or you had to pay the $200 uh, class three tax, mm-hmm. right? And get investigated, background check, all that kind of stuff. The $200 to keep your $59 plastic brace. Yeah, it's, it's such I mean, insanity. So what do you think right. guys did? Or, some, some guys didn't even know they had one. It's out in the garage. They right. bought it two years, three years ago, and they decided, ah, it's a piece of crap. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to use it. And they put it out on the shelf, you know, next to the volleyball. They don't even know they have it. They don't even know they got it. Mm -hmm. So now what always bothers me, here's what bothers me about, these are brown shirts, right? This is going back to the fascists. These are brown shirts. So now the question is, Norm, you bought one of these devices, or Brett, you bought one and sitting in your garage Mm -hmm. and you forgot all about it. And we'll just make you completely innocent. And then you get a knock on the door from the brown shirts that say, oh, by the way, we have a record that on, you know, January 20, 2015, Mm -hmm. you were advances and you made a purchase here of this, this brace. We just want to find out what you did with it. And you're like, I don't remember that. Yeah. And the ATF. Oh, we got it right here. You did. So we're just going to look around your house if that's all right and, and see the, if we can find it. And Steve, Jeez. this and, and this is real. The ATF is doing no-knock requests yeah. to, to see. For braces? For braces. Yes. So so now. No-knock. Like, now, oh they're not God. barging in the house yet. No, they're calling knock and talks. But the, oh, yeah, okay. they're, thank you, Steve. But it's a cousin. Knock and talks. They're on the, they're on the porch, and that's pretty intimidating. Guys, well, show you a yeah. badge. So I'm now with, you're you like, mind if I come in? Well, yeah, actually, yeah I sort of do. Yeah. So yeah. now, Brett, you're put on the spot, and you're like, did I get rid of that thing? Do I have it? Right. Maybe I yeah. have it. Or maybe, right. maybe you did something nefarious. Maybe you're like, screw them. I'm just going to hide it in my safe. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what rules and what authority and what rights do they have to come into your house and start looking for these things? And I can tell you right now, it's, they're going to start developing this area of law that's already sort of fledgling developed uh, called administrative searches. And, you know, these are like it. it, it I, I like to think that our current court will put the boot down on this under the Fourth Amendment. But it puts you in a very precarious situation where we're not used to as Americans getting back to this to having government agents knock on your door and ask you about things. I mean, it's, 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 it's very, very intimidating. We don't like it. We don't want them on our doorstep. And this is where on the right, I always used to argue with my buddies. They're like, man, I don't do nothing wrong. They can come and, you know, they should be able to stop cars on I 20 on 23 and search them. I don't, you know, have all the checkpoints. Let's get stopped this fentanyl. I don't have anything to hide. That's what you hear from. That's what you hear all the time. I was like, yeah, what about the corrupt cop? Right. And then it stops them in their tracks. What about Buford Pusser showing up? And all of a sudden, they find in your safe next to your guns well, a Bu- small Bu- bag of cocaine. I'd say Buford's a bad example, but uh, or, I know what you, you mean. You know what I mean. You're right. I know yeah. what you yeah. mean. Yeah, Bu- the, Buford, oh, in theory, was trying to do the right thing. Right. But a cop with a throwdown, a cop, for example. A cop in, with a throwdown or a cop with an agenda that doesn't like you, Norm, because you've got a business that competes with his wife's business. Right. You know, you don't think this stuff happens at the local right. level? Of course it does. Right. This is why we have those protections in place. We you, have the protections in place not to protect yeah. uh, the guilty people, but to protect the innocent people. Yeah, so throw down people if you don't know. So, like, if you talk to an old-timey cop, you know, it's, like it's from happens, the 50s sure, and yeah. 60s, they uh, typically somebody in, in the squad had one with a serial number filed off, uh, just, just a handy revolver that if they didn't shoot somebody and it wasn't clearly righteous, 
you know, oh, he he was armed. He, he had a gun. And they, they throw it down. They throw it down. Yep. That's um, what a throwdown is. And, and yeah. look, people would say, well, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> we've we've <laughs> right. transcended from that blah, 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 right. blah. It's yeah. like, well, wait a minute. Then. Yeah. The reason we got rid of that kind of stuff or the reason we were able to stop that kind of stuff is because of the rights that you're now willing to give up. And even if yeah. your guy that you have in charge, we had those socialists in here and I was debating him. I was like, listen. Even if I give you that the person you're going to put in office with all this power to engineer the entire economy right. is able to do it, which is complete nonsense. They're not going to be able to do right. it. But even if I could trust them to do it. A benevolent dictator. A benevolent dictator. Yeah. <laughs> who's going to take that person's place? And how do you trust the next guy? Exactly. And the guy after that. And the guy after that. Right. Exactly. Right. You, you know, and then if he's got that much power, you don't think that there's a target on that guy's back? Because who wouldn't want that much power? Because we all know Lord Acton, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Everybody wants power. Right. And our, our table in this country was set by George Washington, who was offered essentially a monarchy mm-hmm. at the end of his term. Like they were like, well, who can secede you? Like who who's going to take who's your Who's as great as you? Who's as great as you? And he said, hey, man, I am going back to the farm. I'm done. I'm going to go travel around. The country's already falling apart. Which is <laughs> fascinating. You know what he does after that, though? It's like he goes back and he get, it's like he's all done and he just puts on his normal clothes and he just started touring around. And he would like stay in people's houses. Like he, he would tour around the, the, the bush or the wilderness and like come upon a cabin and like hang out with him for a couple of days. I mean, it's really yeah. sort of interesting. He really was a great man. But like, I mean, just think of that. Like he uh, could, but, I mean, most people when offered that kind of unlimited power. Would not turn it down. They sure. would have said, well, yeah, I guess you're right if we just have an election. And even Washington who shows up like when they're trying to pick the general who showed up in his complete military uniform, dusted it off yeah. from like the, yeah. the, the, what was the, the war, the I forget the war, the French and Indian War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he dusted off his military uniform and then shows up as they're trying to pick generals in his full uniform. Right. It's, it's like old maid, you know, when yeah. he used to play. His colonial uniform at <laughs> that. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, they did, of course. But it, it's seemingly inconsistent with that. He turns down the monarchy. It's, it's insane. You know, eight yeah. years or 10 years later. Wow. Wow. We should talk about the Carter, Carter administration a little bit. So uh, Rosalind Carter passed yeah. away. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, Jimmy Carter is probably my favorite ex-president of all time. I mean, I don't know. Well, I'm I'm not talking. At least he had a brother that had beer. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I actually went to Plains, Georgia, when uh, Billy had his uh, brewery down there. And I do love peanuts. And I do love peanuts. But I just, so, yeah, Carter, as a former president, was asked to admit, you know, to, to monitor elections like in South America. This is you know, and negotiate with the North Koreans. And so he made a mess of some of those things. He was but, soft. He's always been soft. But, but what I'm thinking yeah. of mainly is his general ethical behavior and his, and his humanity. All. He can't take that from him. And and the yeah. idea that, uh, gosh, what, how long was there? He was marriage? a benevolent, he was a benevolent dictator. Like <laughs> he, he believed that he could, that he could usher, you know, he was one of those guys. He did it all with good faith. Yeah. Uh, thinking that all his all the policies yeah. would work, yeah. 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 And that 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 rescue attempt in Iran, I it, it, you know I'm not going to lay that on him. I mean, you know, some some helicopters ingested sand in the sandstorm, and we didn't well, rescue you gotta, our, you our can't, hostages. You can't lay the disaster of the rescue attempt on him necessarily, yeah. but you can lay some of the problem on him, or a lot of the problem, and, and yeah. what caused all that to begin with. It was it was weak world. It was a weak world presence. No question about it. That, right. that permitted that to happen. The Russians right? a invaded. A lot like what's going on now. Well, exactly. The Russians had invaded Afghanistan on his watch. And our policy reaction was, we're not going to go to the Olympics in 
you know, in Russia. So we're not going to go to the Moscow Olympics. That was our response to the invasion of a foreign country. Remember (laughs) how down, like I was young. I mean, I was only, I was born in 70 and I was very young, Mm. but I remember, you know, the gas lines and the misery and all like we were down as a country. It was called the malaise. The malaise. Yes. Yes. And you know, and he gave a speech, which was basically, Hey, turn down your thermostats in the winter. And turn them up in the summer right. because America is not really as great as what we yeah, thought. Yeah, American <laughs> exceptionalism doesn't exist. We're just poor, dumb people yeah, that can't right. get anything done. Dumb, dumb. But it, and then yeah. you know Reagan comes in and changes it almost overnight. Yeah. Oh yeah, it did with right. with yeah. attitude. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Right. With attitude and strength, we're going to make America great again. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah. And, and then Trump stole this. The uh, well, Trump saw a good slogan when he saw one. So yeah, yeah. He, he really but, but, but you know, and that's a good example too because to me, I never I, I got the phrase "Make America Great Again," but we were not in that extreme. We weren't at a Carter-esque when. Oh, Trump, I think we Trump, were. I you think, think we so? Were, yeah, I think we were. Well, but, yeah, the but we didn't is, have gas line. I mean, no, I'm I, talking, I'm, the, the I, description I think, you gave. I think I know what Brett means. So Carter was a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. He was a nuclear scientist trained by Admiral Rickover. I didn't he, was, know that. he was a patriot. He was a patriot. He loved the country. He loved the country. Sure. That's a different. So, so Brett, I think you're right. So yeah, what that's I, what I think. What I, we're, we're we're agreeing. We're saying two different things. Oh, I okay. think I think at the time Trump takes over, Obama had pitched this eight years of. America is sort of an evil existence. We have to make it different. Oh, okay, we have to re- right. okay, okay. We have to re- right. we have to a what do they always say? We're going to we're going to remake America gotcha. in this different mold of yeah. of um It's more of equity. a mind, mindset than it is an economic turmoil. We and, well, we had the jackboot on us with Obama yeah. and you can see yeah. as soon as as soon as Trump took it off like we flourished. Oh, well, no true. Question. True. Right. We okay. flourished. Yeah. yeah. And you know, but I, I think you're right. It wasn't quite the same. It wasn't quite the same. But it was, uh, I think, even worse in different ways. It was, it was more like oh, sure, yeah. We like yeah. there was this. It, well, it's what we were talking about. Kids are being taught that America is yeah. bad and evil, and capitalism is horrible. And it kind of no started American exceptionalism. It kind of started during the Vietnam War protests, and it has been well, there it was ever all since. All those people took over the universities. They did, and, the, and they're you know they're communists, right? And yeah. yeah. It's like when we had those people down here for uh, for their fundraiser, and they're like, hey, they, like they looked at me afterwards. Like smiling, like oh yeah, now now I'll be convinced. And they're like, hey, see what you think? And I say, yeah, I got it. You guys are a bunch of communists. This is nothing new. Yeah, like this is this is this is insanity. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they could not believe it. I was like, do you want to debate the value? It's like just give me an example of where this has worked anywhere in the history of the world, and then we can talk. Yeah, oh, it was a classic example is one of the Vietnam, you know, bombers uh, involved in a in a courtroom shooting, involved with a police killing was Angela Davis, and she's on the faculty of, uh, you know, in California of, of the law school faculty. And yeah. you're, you're just like, wow, actually, she probably should be in prison. <laughs> a lot of those people, no, the, look, there is a, there's an organization called the Lawyers Guild, and, and you know, th- these are all communist organizations. Yeah. And, you know, you can say McCarthy went way too far, and he did, but, you know, he understood what was going on here on some weird level. You know, he, he got it. Like, these people want to take down the country. Yeah. Well, Alger Hiss yeah. was a real thing. Yeah, they want to take down the country <laughs> yeah. from within, and and you know, go go listen to the interviews yeah. of the old Soviet 
um, expats talking about how they had an agenda to do just this. Mm. Um, talk to the you know the old KGB guys. But anyway, yeah. What I did, I did, uh, go uh, ahead. Uh, this, yeah. this follows our Christmas now that we're in Christmas season. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So you know, and it's always cool to drive around these the, the holiday lights, and you're seeing you know some how, people still do a big exactly, deal. Yeah, they yeah. do a big deal. So, but don't you're not going to see this happening in the city of Wawa. Wauwatosa in Wisconsin because Paul Ryan's old district, by the way, the city administrator has instructed city workers that they should avoid using red and green in public spaces to celebrate Christmas. Why is that? Instead, top city officials are urging them to decorate counter counters with purple and blue and snow people. What the administration appears snow to people. be calling snowmen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The email went out from deputy. Oh, we can't say snowmen anymore. No, like, what no, the no. Hell does that no, mean, no, no, no. So, yeah. Um, went out from the deputy city administrator, oh. Melissa Cantatero Weiss. It also notes that the city administrator, James Archimondo, is on board with the instructions as well. <laughs> but what's the problem with red and green specifically? What's, what's unequitable uh, about that? They're trying to be uh, in our ongoing efforts to foster a more equitable and inclusive community. We believe it's crucial to consider, be considerate of how we decorate public spaces during this season. Okay. Okay. So this actually fills two buckets. One, we have to do something. Right. Right. Okay. And the second is the worst use of a Bible verse by the mayor. We we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. So anyway, her, her text, her, yeah, her, her memo. So the city employees as the holiday season approaches, Mr. Archimondo and I ask that you take some time to reflect on commitment to creating welcoming and inclusive environment for all residents and visitors to our buildings, as well as our co-workers at City Hall. In particular, December is our busiest month and da-da-da-da-da. So everything with city is going to have to be non-red-green. It has to be very, very non-Christmassy because right. we, we have other faiths. And to that end, we kindly ask that departments refrain from using religious decorations or solely associated with Christmas, such as red and green, when decorating public spaces. Instead, we encourage you opt more neutral and inclusive decorations. Winter wonderland, lights and greenery, festive, you know, to, to watch what you're doing with that. Um, also, northern lights. Let's draw the inspiration from Aurora Borealis and incorporate <laughs> colors like blue, green, right. and purple. Let's make Christmas pagan, in other words. So the mayor comes out and uh, says something. You may have heard that certain media outlets, especially Wisconsin Right Now and Daily Mail, are stoking controversy over an email from our deputy director. This morning I received a score of emails from people, most not from our city, who have expressed outrage. He wanted to respond that, you know, the policy you mentioned is not imposed by the Common Council on me, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, so he goes into he says, my understanding is that our administrators are trying to minimize the discomfort that some people feel when they come into a government building for a government non-religious functions. So he then quotes Matthew 25, 15 through 22, you know, that render under Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. I have no clue what that means to this whole yeah. scenario. Is he saying that Christ... So I think it's it, it, Matthew 22, it, 15 or 17 through 21. So he goes, our job as a city government is to provide municipal services. There's no Republican way to plow the snow or a Democratic way to pick up the garbage. Likewise, there's no Christian way to mow the grass or no Jewish or Muslim way to pave our roads. So what he's trying to say oh is my God. we should separate church and state. He is. is that's what he's but, trying to say. But total misuse 
of that sure. verse. Sure. That has nothing to do with so that. So my, my reply is, oh my God. let's no longer make <laughs> Christmas a national holiday. I, we might as so, well go that direction. Well, why, okay, so, but see, this is, what the, wow. this is what the left would never permit. They would never permit us clawing back a free day off for the well, look, for the oh, we're flying we're flying uh, rainbow <laughs> flags over the freaking white house right what's Isn't, different about this that's that's a religion yeah, you know, what's different about this? You know, so, right. I mean, uh, anyway. look, render under Caesar what is Caesar's and render under God's what is God's. I mean, he's saying sort of, I, I think he's yeah. sort of using that generically to say there should be a separation of church and state. But I encourage everybody to go read that. Ver- exactly. Read that whole chapter. It's phenomenal. Read, read, read Matthew. And understand. Just read Matthew. And understand what was going on at that time and, yes. and why they were trying to check, trick Jesus at that point in time. What, what, what that answer meant. Yeah. That, what, was, that, was, that was key. It was incredibly witty. I mean, exactly. do, do these people yeah. think that the Wawatosa snowplow trucks <laughs> go around Muslim homes and go around Jewish homes and and they bypass, you know, uh, atheist homes? No, well, they don't. And, and I wonder what they do at the first snowfall they're because cr- it's a virgin snowfall. So cr- I mean, we have to we have to approach that they're, much differently. Th- right? That's <laughs> great. They are creating a controversy that where none exists. None exists. Yeah. They're just making up a controversy, and and yeah. people people have now concluded that these kinds of uh, officials really want controversy. They really want division. Well, the irony— I think so. The because irony, they cultivate it. The right? irony is they're trying to tamp out Christianity, right? I mean, look, there, there's an agenda to say that Christian, Christianity should no, be no more important than any other religion. Or, or not even— Or not even part of religion. anything. <laughs> and he's relying on the Christian ethics— to make the argument, right? That's He's relying right, on a Christian right, verse right. to make the argument to get rid of Christianity. They always do that. Yeah. They always do. Always like do our that. morality, the things that they rely on for their quote equity, right? The, the the fundamental basis from that is is the Judeo-Christian value system. And the classic example of what you're talking about, Steve, was when Obama was shoving health care down our throats, right? Mm. And he was saying, "Hey." Christians. Now, here's a guy who doesn't go to church, right? I mean, he... He doesn't know the first thing. He doesn't know the first thing. He was dragged into Reverend Wright's church by his wife so he could be baptized into the black community because all his friends were white. His parents are white. You know, like, he's the whitest black guy in in the universe, and and, uh, Michelle made him a black guy. So, at any rate, long way around the barn, Obama used this idea that Oh, you got to take care of your brothers. You got to give him your coat. You got to give him food. You got to do this. And he starts going through the Proverbs, right? And it's like, oh, I see. You're going to use Christianity against Christians. So instead of us voluntarily doing those things, you're going to force us to. You're going to force us to do it. The Mm -hmm. purpose of our value system is that the government can't do it. It is that we can do it. Like it has to happen from the the individual, right? So love thy neighbor is an individual. It's not government forced me to love my neighbor. Of our free will. Of our free right, will, right. right. And, and you know, it only works. John Locke. It, it, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. only works if you employ it, right? And you can't rely. It, it's so insane. I know. I know. Yeah. But I, it, it is, is a so good insane. example of use, using your, your Christian tendencies and sympathies are militated against you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, to, right. to enact right. a compulsory public law. To make you do things. That's right, and yeah. and not yeah. only that. So the, the disincentive structure that that that's been created as a result of this government overreach, it, it really does tamp down your individual giving incentive. You know, it's like if right. well, the government yeah. will just do it. You know, they're, they're going to send in FEMA or they're going to do that. You know, they'll do that. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, it's like uh, people don't think on that level anymore. Right. And uh, 
It, no, they don't. I think the good news is it could come back almost immediately. If you just get rid of this crap, I think human nature takes over. And if nothing else, if you don't believe in the Gospels and you don't believe in that in the Bible, go read it because it's like a playbook on human psychology. It, it, yeah. you know, it, oh, it is. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. All, like reading uh, metaphorically the stories right. um, yeah. or even directly like uh, this, like these these parables that they're talking about. Yeah. That's not quite a parable, but it's, it's but similar. It's, yeah. Um, it's like it's a playbook for human psychological uh, uh, interaction. Yeah, and uh, we would left our own devices. We're quite capable of doing this without the Obamas telling us how to do it. No question about it. Or and, these people in Wisconsin. Yeah, right. Know, and, and, right. and the and and the poor were taken care of, and and now donations to, you know, um, these agencies, whatever it is, you know, you know, just pick one, St. Jude's. Uh, Children's Hospital or the Kiwanis or the Knights of Columbus or just go through the Red Cross. People are giving less to these organizations now because they figure, well, government's taking care of all this. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do it. Why, yep. So when United Way comes around and the employees check off, they're like, no, I, I don't think they're so. They're like, no, because yeah. I'm seeing this 40% that you're taking already. Yeah, to ostensibly do all this. To yes. do all this, yes. That used to be charity. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. 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 A good example of what you guys are talking about is like, so I I was watching a little bit of uh, the tube. I watched the football game and Humana uh, Healthcare is running this really uh, hard. I mean, they're, they're, they're hammering this uh, advertising campaign uh, to a targeted audience of people who are eligible for both Medicare. Okay. Which is, you know, Mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, people like me, geezers. Uh, but also people who are at the same time getting Medicaid. And they these commercials, quite insultingly, in my opinion, roll out this long list of benefits that you can get for free. <laughs> you know, free dental, free hearing tests, free eye tests, free this, free that. And the whole time you're just sitting there as a taxpayer saying, you know, there's nothing free. I'm paying for all this stuff. Right. What's free yeah. about any of it? And Humana, a profit, you know, I mean, oh, their yeah. for-profit company, right, is trying to reel in people to go down there and get your Medicaid and get your Medicare. They want to see these roles increased. Of course they do. You yeah. know, because they're getting paid. And the paid. rest of us are just like, right. well, I don't get all this crap for free. And, and they're, you know, it's very targeted to those mm-hmm. people. And you're just like, are there really that many people that in the middle of an NFL game, you're running an ad for people who are eligible for both Medicaid, well, which is supposed to be one, for destitute people. If the one thing the Medicare. private sector is good at, it's targeting the right people at the right time, no right? Kidding. Because that's how they so make their money. So there's something there. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. well, it kind of, I noticed this ad as well, too, watching TV yesterday during some movies, but... Uh, Amazon, which again they're coming becoming a bigger player in Central Ohio. Oh yeah, does this grocery recruiting. stores? Everything. Yeah, right. Yeah, that and you know, now you know creating these warehouses or whatever, and then uh, their data their, centers. Their data centers. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, that they run this ad for a recruiting ad, talking about. Uh, and, and it specifically says Central Central Ohio, so it's it's talking about find a great job at, at Amazon because we all know that Central Ohio doesn't have the greatest job for or, or, or job opportunity, and it has this image of a terrible looking cornfield hmm. and i'm thinking so how are you playing well with us amazon right. that you're showing a, a really bad image of central ohio trying to recruit that we have very bad job opportunities in central ohio that's right. insane that's insane. insane right 
I mean, it specifically it's says just like central Biden. Ohio, not Ohio, but central well, Ohio. Well, it's like when, when Biden came for the intel groundbreaking, he said, you know, there was nothing going on here. These were empty, quote, empty fields, unquote. Well, yeah, they right. weren't empty fields. No. They were raising soybean and, yeah, and winter yeah. wheat and corn. Beans, wheat, and corn, right? Wow. And wow. <laughs> I, 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 my people in Johnstown, I saw were, that. they were really ticked off over that. Well, These sure. are empty fields. Well, they, actually, no, my grandma. They had, a, they had quite a thriving community, in fact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Without you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was a green field. And that's my big bitch with, you know, right. these, it's a green, yes. well, these corporate welfare right. programs. And Ohio has given, you know, DeWine and the guys have given away the store and they're still doing it. We're now up to like 22 major corporations coming out to Licking County and, uh, you know, and it's on our dime. So we're financing the schools, we're financing mm-hmm. the roads, we're financing the sewers, right. we're giving away public, anything public service. We're giving yeah. away the you know the the, the financing of mm-hmm. of uh, they're not paying taxes and all this other stuff. So it's a big giveaway program, and, and my biggest problem is why aren't they going into brown and uh, you know brownfield sites? And and rebuilding the infrastructure and re- putting the jobs right. where people they're already taking are. Over. They're yes. taking over greenfields. Green greenfields instead of brown. And there's plenty of brownfields oh around. My, oh my God! Right, right. That the yeah. government screwed up last time. That's right. right. And people on the near east side of Columbus, they could use those jobs. Yes. Now they're going to have to get on a Coda bus if they want to come out to Lincoln. No, they're County. not going to. They're not going to hire That's those not, people. And no. they're not going to hire those. They're not going to no. hire those people. No, no they're chance. Gonna, they're going to import H two B visa people and yep. whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. it's uh, it just is uh, it's complete BS. Hey, this yeah. week is the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination. Yes. Oh. And uh, I heard an interesting statistic that only 29 percent of the people believe the Warren Commission's report. In other words, they're the other. I am not one of the 29 percent. The other 71 percent believe that some other conspiracy element. Well, whether no, believe it or not, but the, it, but yeah, I would say ahead. that I would. Well, no, you finish. Well, just, you know, it's interesting that less than one third of the country believes that Lee Harvey Oswald did this on. His but own. You okay. ha- I, I would say 75 percent of the country doesn't even know about this. It's it's become <laughs> lost history. <laughs> yeah. well, of co- even in my childhood, I, where were you, you when Kennedy got shot? If you ask me what I what I know about it's that. It's as remote that, as Lincoln's assassination. That Warden, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. The Warren report. See, I did a dive into it's, it. You know. It's it's really interesting. Wow. And it's uh, the problem with it is the same problem that always results when the government gets involved and, and takes over is because there's gaps, there are holes, and and there are things they ignored and didn't publish, and there's 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 still um, uh, classified information. It's like we don't have transparency, and because you whenever you don't have transparency, then you have distrust from the people, and th- that's why. I, like, do I believe that Oswald? I have no idea, but I don't believe the Warren report. I, I think it. I think there's missing pieces of that that caused me to want to question any conclusion. And this is just the lawyer in me, the defense lawyer in me. I read, I know what an incomplete police report looks like. I see where the bodies are buried and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like, wait a minute. I would want to know like 20 things just reading one page and and it's not in there. Yeah. And you can't tell me that somebody, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, far from it. Somebody else knows this and whoever investigated knows this and they left it out. And you start to think, all right, that's where conspiracy theories grow yeah and uh it's people aren't crazy it's like you there's as it's sort of like covid and all our government response to that there was always a way to connect the dots to something far more sinister um and then you would i would always default is it gross incompetence is it something a, a larger agenda to sort of take over the world 
or is it money? And it's probably all three. And then you have Rob Reiner coming out of the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Who oh. killed JFK. I, I, I mean, I, I love Rob Reiner in his lane. Yeah, he does well, some really funny. It's funny movies. Funny movies. Right. But, dude, he's you're in the wrong lane on this yeah. one. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lunatic. And le, unless it's just. Like, what it, does he know about the Kennedy assassination? Anybody it, else would unless know. It, Archie, Archie Bunker had it right. He's a, just a big meathead. He's a meathead. Meat unless, he, <laughs> meat unless, unless, unless he's coming up with some sarcastic podcast that I really know. Yeah. It's like the Onion right. kind of podcast. But it's like, oh, my God. Well, I love, some, some of his movies are great, though. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. Oh, I, Stay I, in your lane, Rob. You're great. I love I love his dad. Even more, the late yes. Carl. Carl. Oh my yeah. God! My God! Yeah. Yeah. Him and Mel Brooks. If you just put them in a room, like I would pay, yeah. just, uh, oh, just yeah. to hang out with them. Both gone now. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. The two funniest Jews in Hollywood. Let's face it. I mean, it's just they, off they the hook. Great. Well, and then great. throw. Well, you know, I don't know uh, what's his name. Uh, the, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. The insult guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. That's his name. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm stripping in gear, but I, I, know, uh, I know. Yeah, I know who you mean. He was in Kelly's Heroes. Oh, it's oh. hilarious. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, exactly. My favorite comedian, <laughs> yeah, maybe absolutely. ever. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What's it? Uh, oh, my God. I know. He's on the Tonight Show. I was just talking about Every Mr. night. Yeah. yeah. Don Rickles. Don, Don Rickles. Rickles, thank you. Yes. Don Rickles, yeah. yeah. The best. Yeah. And the best. if you could do none of that humor now. No. I mean, no. he that's Dave Chappelle level dangerous comedy he the, was the stuff he would say there's a great special it's worth watching anybody listening you should go watch this you can catch it on youtube it was like his uh sort of his tribute i don't know if it was a birthday party or like a life career a roast tribute. maybe no One it wasn't a roast dean martin roast it, no. it's some of a sort of roast ish but okay. this is like later later he was he was really old at the time it was okay. right, right before his death and um you know everybody all the hollywood celebs were yeah. there that had worked with him yeah. and he gave this uh, uh rickles gave this speech at the end and you know it's like you know these comments like they have a stage identity and then you can, every now and then they, they he sort of let open his true self drop the mask drop the mask it's yeah. cool yeah and he just said he gave the speech about his comedy and he goes i made fun of the blacks i made fun of the italians i made fun of the jews i made fun of like he just listed everybody them all the, nobody was the and this and this he goes yeah. but i did it out of love i love all of you yeah. and and you know it, it'll it'll put tears in your eyes i mean yeah. it, and it showed that yeah. he used comedy to break the ice and talk about difficult things and and bring people together. And it, the irony is like he was making fun of people for their ethnicity on all levels, right. but it actually brought all those groups together at the same time to laugh together. And it, you know, it's like yeah. more of that please in the world. Oh yeah. yeah. If you right. can, right. if you are able to laugh at yourself, you could accept other right. people much more easily That's right. because you realize I am faulty. I I'm not right. perfect. I, I make mistakes. I have my biases and prejudices and he, uh, this comedian up on stage is bringing out yeah. All of that. Because if you didn't – to not understand him, you'd think, oh, my God, he is – he truly hates everyone. It's like, <laughs> no, he was to that extreme. He loved everyone he loved with what he was doing because what what he was saying was true because there they were, were laughing. They That's were right. laughing imagine, at each other. Right. Imagine walking in – like particularly uh, the, the racial stuff. They were stereotypes. And, oh, and for he would sure. walk in, like him making fun of Sammy Davis. And, I mean, it's just – it's oh, freaking yeah. hilarious. It's I mean, the guy hook. went to the extreme of making fun of Sinatra. You make fun of Sinatra. You're, fun on of a, Sinatra. you're on a list – that Ooh, you're gone. Ba, 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 boy. Exactly. <laughs> it's like his some of his cards and stuff. That they loved in the mafia. But he recognized. Loved him. <laughs> he recognized how how chilling that idea ideology ideally ideology was. Like the like uh, you've got this. Mm -hmm. you, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. So he just made fun of it. Yeah. And 
and he brought people together to laugh. That was the power of Richard Pryor's humor, too. Richard Pryor is very similar. And that's why Dave Chappelle, with all his warts and faults, that's why he's popular. Yep. Is because they those comedians went there. They went to places other people were afraid to go. Yep. George yep. Carlin. Yeah, uh, more on the political side of it, yeah. But, yeah. like taking down but, government. But man, was like, he ahead of his he time? Was way he was ahead of his time. Very futuristic in his stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, where are we now? We probably got to get some nuggets in and find. You know, the, the the Ohio has its uh its Islamic uh, version of the Jesse Smollett case. So they they arrested this uh, guy. Uh, I, I was it Cleveland or Canton? I'm not sure, but they arrested a guy who uh, reported a, a uh, non-existent crime, that he was the object of uh, Islamic uh, phobia hmm. and uh, had been uh, physically threatened and all that. The police looked into it, and he, he made it all up, just like Jesse Smollett. And, you know, that's become a thing now with – it was a thing after 9-11. I remember this right after 9-11. Supposedly, rather than worrying about going after the terrorists in, you know, where, wherever in Afghanistan and the Taliban and, uh, and, and al-Qaeda, the, the, the impulse reaction by the left was, oh, my God, following 9-11, there's going to be this huge counter – you know, prejudiced against Muslim Americans, and there just wasn't. Well, if it just didn't happen. This is and what it's happens not happening now. When either. you make victimhood, that's right, Attractive. the primary concern that's right. of life. Yeah. So your ne- your worth, your self worth, is now gauged on how much you've been victimized. Well, you're going to incentivize victimhood, right? Hundred percent. Biden did this recently. He's done um, it recently. with. Uh, trans deaths did you see any of this oh, God. so mm. they, like they, there was a big story a couple of weeks ago about how many trans people died in 2022 or 2023 and it was like 60 or something but they didn't really say how they died and the daily wire actually deconstructed this they went through and, and looked at all the like some of the people on the list and none of them died as a result of like transphobia like yeah, crime right like several of them um, died because they were attacking police officers or involved in protests and like uh, one of them charged some cops with a weapon and was shot. I mean, it's like it was com- it was a complete farce. Yeah. But they, it, it's so important to be a victim that now people are inventing inventing victimhood, victimhood mm-hmm. out of and the government cloth. is ordaining people with victimhood even when it's not even even when it doesn't exist. I yeah. mean, and and you know, you would ask why is Biden doing this? Votes, right? right. Political power. Dearborn, sure. Michigan. Right. He needs Dearborn, Michigan yeah, because votes. Michigan's up for grabs. And, you know, this election next year, Michigan's very much up mm-hmm. for grabs. And uh, right now, the is, you know, many of the Islamic, uh, you know, a church or, a, you know, a temple are definitely having a problem with uh, our policy vis-a-vis Israel and where yeah. we're backing Israel. So his, he's counter uh, he's, he's backpedaling. He's backpedaling. Yeah. That's exactly he's backpedaling. But and, and the D's are really split. You see the the yeah. you, you oh, see yeah. the squad. The squad's very pro Hamas, right? Yep. And it, 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 what Omar was censured in the House over this, and uh, you know so yeah, Rashida Tlaib up there is just keeps stepping on her own toes left and right and left Tlaib, and right. Not Omar. Yeah, right. Omar Ilan Omar is. Yeah, she's uh, at is, her elbow, but you know, but she's yeah, got her own problems. But, she's got her own problems. She married her brother, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, well, mm. he's a citizen now, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like dare you to investigate that one. But I mean, I think it's interesting that, you know, on the heels of supposedly this wave of Islamophobia, a guy here in Ohio invents it 
and and he's being mm-hmm. prosecuted for it. So good. Yeah. I'm glad he is. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. well, with that, we probably ought to wrap it up. If you want to check out Common Sense Ohio backlog, you can just go to commonsenseohioshow.com. There's a website expertly created now out there for all to see with every back episode. Uh, we also have video. That means you can check us out on Rumble, on YouTube. We might even have some reels coming. I learned what reels were recently. It's sort of like TikTok, but I refuse to get involved in TikTok. Um, I just do. For good reasons. For all sorts of reasons. But anyway, we have. I think we're going to have some reels coming out. So lots of great stuff at Common Sense Ohio Show as it grows exponentially throughout spanning the globe with a constant variety of common sense. No agony of defeat here. Ready for that music. Anyway, we are Common Sense Ohio brought to you by Harper Plus. Coming at you right from the middle at least until now on this Black Friday 2023.